Hey there. If you're anything like me, you have dreams you want to make reality or goals you want to achieve. But let's face it, time is not on your side. You're busy, you're tired. And when in the world would you carve out the amount of time you would need to achieve anything above and beyond the day-to-day -day load you're already carrying? Welcome to Mom on the Fringe. I am your host, Amy Matthews Mootville. I'm a busy mom of three young children, an entrepreneur, singer, voice teacher, and lover of any old piece of furniture that needs restoration. I am here to support you, encourage you, and give you tactical tips and tools to help you find those hidden pockets of time in your busy week and use that time to your advantage. Let's get started. Well, hello, friends. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. My friend Miranda Bradley is a mom, author, nonprofit communications, and fundraising professional, and an all around life juggler. She's the owner and creative director of Be Creative, a full service marketing and fundraising firm geared toward helping nonprofits and small businesses realize their full potential. She's married to her husband, Dan, for 17 years and lives in Georgetown, Texas, where she spends 92% of her time taxiing her two boys from one end of town to the other, or at least it feels that way. <laughs> I am so excited for you to meet her. Here we go. Okay, I am so excited to introduce today's guest to you. This is my friend, Miranda Bradley. How are you, Hello. Miranda? I'm great. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. I just gave our audience a little background about you, but I, I would love if you could just introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you're up to. Oh, well, I'm Miranda Bradley, and I own a marketing firm here in Georgetown, Texas called uh, B Creative. That's the letter B, Creative. And I've uh, been doing that for 12 years since my youngest was imminent, and I was about to have him. I left um, the uh, corporate nonprofit sector after eight and a half years as the director of communications for a really large statewide nonprofit and um, loved the job, loved what I did, but I felt a, a greater calling. So I, I kind of jumped into the deep end and started with two clients and a laptop. And um, now I have over 53 clients that I represent at any given time. And um, it's given me um, a great opportunity to just be around around for my kids. So it's been uh, fantastic. And I'm also an author. I have two books out and another that I'm currently trying to get published at this point in time. So oh my kind of a busy life. Yeah. Very yeah. busy. Yeah. Tell us, um, I'll link, I'll link everything up in the show notes, but tell us the names of your, the titles of your books that you are, uh, that you just mentioned. Absolutely. The first was um, Blessed Are the Jesus Chicks. It was um, published in 2008 through Helwis, uh, Smith & Helwis, which is a Christian publishing house. It's a guide, nonprofit, I mean, sorry, non-fiction uh, non guide for um, working Christian moms, just trying to help find balance um, mm -hmm. with all of that. And then my other is a fiction title called Savannah's Secret. It is under a different pen name. Uh, it's under Nikki Lindsay, which is my maiden name. And that is uh, not a Christian fiction, but um, I'm hoping it's still inspirational to some. And then the one I'm working on right now, uh, or that I'm trying to shop around right now, is called um, the, um, the, I'm sorry, the uh, Jelly Queens of Mayhaw Ridge. It's had a couple of titles, so I had to, <laughs> I had to pick the one. Uh, the latest one is uh, the the Mayhaw Queen, uh, the Jelly Queens of Mayhaw Ridge, and it is a Christian fiction book. I'm very excited about it, and I'm really hoping that um, it'll get picked up here pretty soon. It kind of reminds me of the Christian. The title reminds me of the Christian version of maybe the Yaya Sisterhood. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the, actually, the inspiration for this book was. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie or read the book, um, How to Make an American Quilt. Um, oh, but yeah. The book, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a multi-generational female story. And it, it really is about helping uh, a woman in her, a millennial woman, learn how to cope with life from learning from all these different women from different 
um, eras. And uh, it's kind of fun. It was really fun to write. And I'm hoping it'll be a series. So that's, that's sort of the plan. I love that, Miranda. That's so cool. That's so cool. And you're a woman after my own heart because we both are Christians, and but we both are strong women and opinionated women, and we sometimes get <laughs> misunderstood a little bit because of that. And But the biggest thing I feel like my sort of bond with you is that we are creative and we are, you know, always working on something uh, that fills our creative cup per se. And, um, but, but I feel like you and I have what we have in common the most is that we always try to frame it around our families. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's really, this is what it's about. We're, we're, we're trying to do something that would, um, you know, honor God, honor our families, but also fill our cups. So I love that. And I would love you for you to just kind of chat with us about how you've sort of done that with your career. You talked about leaving your corporate job and going Correct. into business for yourself because you wanted to spend more time with your kids. Tell us about that. Well, um, I was I was a director of communications, like I said, for a large nonprofit, and um, it was a fantastic job, and it was great work. You know, we helped uh, children and families who were displaced um, either from neglect or abuse or uh, homelessness. And it was a fantastic organization. Um, and I worked full time with my first son for three and a half years. Um, and what I found was I was dropping him off at seven in the morning so I could get to work by seven thirty, and not picking him up to five thirty. And, and that's just a really challenging, you know, lifestyle to lead. And you start to feel the mommy guilt and, and you feel the mommy guilt on either side, whether you're working too much or not enough. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and I kind of got to a point where we were expecting our second and we started doing the math for one thing. And as you know, childcare is not cheap. And no. we started looking into it. When you work for a nonprofit, you're not really making the bucks. So <laughs> when we, when we looked at it, we thought, you know, why would we, you know, continue my working if it's only going to be paying for childcare? Um, and then we really started praying about what it would look like. And my husband's in construction. So it wasn't like we had a huge, you know, uh, other income coming in. We were making about the same amount. So we started praying about it. And I really did feel a, a strong pull. And I loved my boss, who was wonderful at the time and loved my organization. But um, I really felt like God was saying, you know, just do this, trust me, and it's going to be blessed. Um, and I did that. Now, I'll say this, and I said this in, in Blessed the Jesus Chicks, it's not for everybody. I mm-hmm. mean, um, working for yourself is a another huge gamble. It's also a huge responsibility. And there's another set of discipline disciplines that you have to learn uh, when working for yourself. It is a yeah. constant treadmill trying to get in the, you know, get, get clients in the door, keep clients in the door, um, keep them happy. So, you know, I was like, if I can just do this for two years, I'll be, it'll be okay. Well, now I'm 12 years down the road and I'm like, I never would have envisioned that God would have allowed that to happen. Um, yes. But I'll say this, you know, um, and I told this to a friend of mine just the other day. I have a 15-year-old now who's getting ready to start driving. He's about to start working. And, you know, I'm looking into a whole new season of, of parenting and a new season of life. And you get there and you think to yourself, you know, I thought they needed me when I was a toddler, when they were toddlers. But now I feel they need me more um, because mm-hmm. the life um, – the life lessons that you are learning at 15 are so monumental and, and they are so challenging, especially today's teens face a lot of challenges. So I tell people all the time, you know, you have to make the decision that works for you. And if you aren't in a position where you feel like you can work for yourself and that's not something you feel called to do, and it is a calling you have to look at your current circumstance and say to yourself, what about my current situation? Can I change to fit my life? Is Mm. it a different job altogether? Is it Mm -hmm. talking to my boss about my needs, maybe cutting back to part-time or flex hours, or is it, you know, you know, remote work? I mean, whatever. And in today's society, there's absolutely no reason that mothers, uh, parents in general can't 
negotiate with their bosses to have a more accommodating lifestyle. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, I challenge I, people to do that, you know, to, to, to make a list of the things that matter to you that you're not feeling are getting done or getting, um, getting attention and how can, how can your, how can you change your current situation to address those things? You talked a little bit about mommy guilt and mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we think, you know, we're being selfish, which I think is so silly, but I know for myself, as I've tried to, you know, uh, over the years, uh, start a business and work on certain things. And I, I was really feeling like I was trying to navigate this map of how you do this with very needy, you know, little babies, mm-hmm. um, and knew that I needed to find this out, not just for, uh, myself to fill my cup or whatever creative wise, but, but mainly because we needed the money and we needed whatever that could potentially bring. And right. I know, and know for myself, um, you know, a lot of the things, a lot of the endeavors that I have tried to do have not necessarily brought money, at least not initially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it, it, we, we struggle with mommy guilt when we're going out into the workforce and working for someone else and we're having to leave our babies at, uh, you know, at daycare or with someone else. Um, but we can justify it because we're, we're making a paycheck. <laughs> right. But to if bring we're bringing food and <laughs> <laughs> right. keep the lights on. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, like this is buying your Christmas. So, you know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's fine. But when we're, we're trying to get into something and we know it's going to take us time before it actually ever becomes something that brings about money, we do really feel that almost triple mm-hmm. uh, mommy guilt. So can you talk a little bit about that and what you've experienced with that? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is that no matter what you do, whether it's working outside of the home or staying home with your kids, you're going to feel mommy guilt. I mean, it, it comes with the territory. So you just kind of need to embrace that and say, this comes with the territory and don't let it rule you and understand that it is a natural feeling of because if you're not leaving the house to work, if you're staying home, you feel like you should be leaving the house to work. Because mm-hmm. to be honest with you, moms are some of the worst perpetrators of the guilt factor. I oh. mean, other mothers yes. can, I mean, really, we can persecute each other way more than we persecute ourselves. And I think that's one of the problems that we have to deal with as women is, you know, being so judgmental of each other. The mm-hmm. truth of the matter is we don't know the circumstances behind someone's decision. No. And, and it can be, it can be as simple as this woman is better as a working, a working outside the home mom. Mm-hmm. She's a better mother. She's a better person. She is more fulfilled and therefore more happy and therefore giving more to her family. Um, so the, what I would say to women who are struggling with that is, get over it. It's going to be okay. You're doing the very best you can and know that every single day when you look in the mirror. Um, yes. And that the other thing that I think we, we tend to do with ourselves is we choose a path and we think that's the only path we can take. Um, right. We're staying home. So we have to keep staying home. We mm-hmm. are working for ourselves. We continue working for ourselves. Um, we, um, you know, we're, we're, working outside the home, we're at this company with this job, this is what we have to do. The answer to all of those is no. I mean, that's yeah. not really, that's not fact. Because as I'm discovering, every life has seasons in it. And mm-hmm. your, your season to stay home, may, that may happen for five, 10 years, or it may happen for 20. I know a, a woman right now who she and her sister are different ends of the spectrum. Her sister wants to work all the time because she feels fulfilled and her other, and the other sister wants to keep having babies and be a stay at home mom. Those, those are two totally different perspectives and their perspectives fit their lives. And there's not one right answer, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So as you move into new seasons of life, you do have new mommy guilt rise up and you have to look that mommy guilt in the face and say, why are you challenging me today? I am doing mm-hmm. the very best I know to do in this moment for this, for this hour, for this phase of my life and accept the place you're in and embrace it because whatever you're in, God has something to teach you in it. 
Absolutely. And I love what you said about, you know, how things change and it's good to be adjust to those changes. I've always Mm. thought that it's really good if you can set aside time, you know, once a quarter or even once a year in your life in, in whatever season you're in and reassess, like, what are we doing? You know, as a family, first of all, what are we doing? How are we doing this? Is this working? Is this not working? Right. And as a mom, it's important to do that uh, with your with your job, with your business, with whatever it is you're trying to do, whether you're a stay at home mom and, you know, you're struggling to get get groceries because mm-hmm. your husband's income isn't enough and, you know, you could contribute, but you don't know how and you feel the guilt around it, sure. <laughs> which was me for many yeah. years. Um, or you are in a, in a job or in a business where it's just not working. You might've gotten your degree in it. Um, this might be all, you know, but for whatever reason, it's not working for you and your family and you might have to pivot. Yep. Absolutely. Um, I think it's really important. Don't you just to, uh, reassess. Totally. I mean, and I'll just give you a peek into my own personal situation. I love my business. Um, I have fantastic clients, um, I've been presented with a couple of opportunities to go work for someone else. I've had to review those opportunities and say to myself, you know, we are moving into college years. We are, you know, um, setting up, there are new seasons on the horizon that are coming really rapidly. And you have to ask Mm -hmm. yourself, um, you know, yeah, business is great, but is this what I see myself doing for 50 years, 20 years? Um, And, and it is okay for the answer to be no. Um, Mm -hmm. and even more, it's better to say, I don't really know what I want to do and be open to reviewing those possibilities. Um, yes. And that, that, we're so forced in our society to have all the answers right away. (laughs) Even as, even as high school students, we've got to know what we're doing in college. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's how my son's facing that right now. And, you know, it's all about clickbait and quick answers. And you know what? Sometimes the answers require prayer and contemplation, even if, if you're not a praying woman or, you know, you're not particularly spiritual, you can take time, quiet time to reflect on yourself. Yeah. Um, I have a great friend, Laura Neiser, who is a, a life coach and she and I have gotten together several times and she asked me something <laughs> one time. She said, she, she said, you know, you're, you're making decisions based on Miranda from five years ago. Mm-hmm. You need to be mm-hmm. making decisions on who you see Miranda being five years from now. Where oh. do you want to be five years from yeah. now? Who do you want to be 10 years from now? And make decisions based on that point, not past points. Yes. And yes. I, because I, I am, I, I like, I like uh, stability and structure and normal, you know, I like, I like to be predictable. And, and so sometimes I will be like, oh, but it's been this way every year, every summer, my kids and I do this, this, and this. Well, Miranda, your son's 15 now. He's not mm-hmm. going to be doing this, this, and this anymore. He's going to be doing his own thing. And mm-hmm. I've had to re- realize that, you know, I have to start thinking about future me, not past me. And I thought that was just so insightful. And it's changed the way I make decisions about my future. Yeah, it's that whole quote, what got you here isn't going to get you there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, a good example of this was I was getting ready for my graduate recital um, for my master's degree, and I was struggling through one of the songs that I was singing, and I got a chance to work with my my then voice teacher's wife. He was out of town, and so she was working with me, and she said, why are you opening your mouth so big when you're singing that phrase and I'm like well because that's what I'm supposed to do right she said you 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 open when you sing hi and she's like uh yeah but you've got that down already you already know now you need to that was just something you learned early on Mm -hmm. when you weren't opening your mouth (laughs) now you need to learn how to adjust it for what you need for the air pressure and for the sound you're trying to go for it was and and that to me just said it all right there because it's like we don't we learn a lesson and we think we stay in it. We think we yes. need to stay learning that lesson over and over again. But God's sort of giving us a nudge, like, or I feel like it's God giving me a nudge, like, but you got that already. 
Exactly. Move on. You've learned this <laughs> Move lesson. On. You've learned yeah. this lesson. <laughs> yeah. You don't stay. You don't stay in elementary school once you've learned all of the r- arithmetic and reading and write. And now you move on to yeah. middle school and then high school. And, and that's true. Um, and I think we we do that because we think, oh, we have to be stable for our children. You know, everything yeah. has to be stable. That, that's how I am anyway. And, I know. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes you have. Sometimes stability means shifting a little. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think for me personally, that's a big challenge because I, I don't like change of plans. I don't like, you know, I, you're a planner. I make, you're a, planner I make a plan. You... I stick to it. If yeah. I say I am going to be where, you know, be somewhere at 10 o'clock on Friday, if a hurricane comes through at 10 o'clock on Friday, I'm probably still going to be at the place I told you I'd meet you. I love that about you. I love that about you in a world full of flakes. Miranda is, she does what she says she's going to do. I love that. I love that. We, all, fault. Need, we all need friends like Miranda that will do what they say they're going to do for sure. Um, but yeah, you, your, your biggest strength can also be your biggest weakness in the sure. sense that you are depending on that uh, reliability and that stability in order to feel happy or feel secure. And I, I, I don't know if you're a Tony Robbins fan. I, I like, I like some of the stuff he says, but one of the things that um, I'm not, you know, I don't follow him or anything like that, but uh, one of the things he says is we're not going to change or, or make a big change in our lives until we feel discomfort, but we need a, a, a good uh, balance of certainty and uncertainty in our lives to feel mm-hmm. uh, satisfied. Yes. Because yes. if we feel too certain, uh, then we don't, we're not challenged. But if we feel too uncertain, if it tips the other way, it causes a lot of stress unnecessarily um, for our lives that we put on ourselves. So it has to sort of, we have to sort of find that balance. And that's the trick, right? Finding right. the balance between certainty and uncertainty. But that's I know right. like, like for you, um, yours is, yours is sort of working for a corporate, you know, working for a nonprofit or for an organization versus working for yourself. And so we've talked about that. And mine is always teaching voice lessons, <laughs> yes. uh, which is what I know. And you and I've talked about that because your son has taken voice lessons from me. And I Correct. recently had to say to all of my uh, incoming and uh, past students and, and possible potential future students that, no, I've got to step back from that because, it, yes, it is what I know. And I know I could have a full studio right now of, you know, 20, 30 students but it's during the times that my kids are home Mm, uh and I can't do that anymore. And, and unfortunately about 98% of the population is not like you (laughs) and they they do not set a time and stick with it. So the, you know, as much as I've loved teaching all these years for 20 years, um, the, the part of, of, of scheduling and trying to figure out trying to manage how it works with our family and juggling that while during the hours that their home has not worked for me. So I've had to sort of reinvent, like we were talking about reinvent what it is that I can do, um, during the day when they're at school. Uh, well, and that, that is actually a really good illustration for what we were talking about, because sometimes circumstances force you to, to shift your focus. JT yeah. is very comfortable with you and he, he does better when he's comfortable with people. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, you're, you're stepping back from that forces him to find a different teacher that maybe he needs a male, maybe he needs, you know, some, something else in his, in his vocal career. And mm-hmm. it's, for, it forces him to think differently and kind of get out of the comfort zone. And yeah. I think, you know, when we are faced with those kinds of changes and circumstances that are beyond our control that require us to reconsider our options. Um, we have, instead of despairing over it, which sometimes is my MO, um, despairing over it, we have to step back and go, what, what am I, instead of it's a challenge, it's an opportunity. This is an opportunity yeah. for new things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and looking at it through that lens, you can make completely different decisions based than, than if you were looking at it through what a disaster it's, it's, mm. it's over. 
this is horrible. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can make a completely different set of choices if we look at it from a different lens. Yeah. And for many years, you know, as, as you, you and I've talked about before with, with your business as well, for many years, um, you know, I didn't want to let go because it's what I knew. And I, and, you know, when you're good at something too, it's also really hard. I'm good at teaching (laughs) and I know what I'm doing, but then, you know, you put it all together and it just don't mix. You can't make it work for, for whatever reason you've busted your head against the wall, trying to figure out a way and you can't make it work with your current situation. And, you know, that, that for me has been a real challenge to say, okay, what, what am I going to do? What, how am I going to make this? you know, I, I love doing this, but how am I, how can I do it differently in a mm-hmm. way that would um, uh, honor my family and be uh, something where I could continue uh, teaching and explore other sides of myself? Because let's face right. it for, um, you know, 30 years of my life, it's all been about uh, music and, and learning that, which I love, and I'll, it'll never uh, stop being a part of who I am as a person, mm. it's built right. me, it's what I'm about. But I, I absolutely think that my life has sort of morphed and changed into, uh, you know, my other interests, let's say, have, have changed and evolved um, to be more about finding this, this balance. And so, uh, sure. i.e., this podcast, right? Yeah, <laughs> Trying yeah. to and figure you know, it out. <laughs> and, and, and there may, be, may come a time in 10, 10 years or so when your kids are at the high school level where you go, wait a minute they're gone and busy and I'm here by myself and you might be like, you know what? It's time to restart lessons. Yeah, you absolutely. Or it may turn into something totally different. So, you know, we have to be willing to let, um, let the river of life flow and it doesn't always flow in a straight line. Yeah. And like I was just talking to my friend, Christiana, uh, she has a business of, uh, cultivates creativity in the workplace and she really works with people and helping them find their creative side and she was saying it's it's really a blessing actually that we have the freedom to make those choices nowadays oh, yes. mm-hmm. you know because uh even 10 years ago it wasn't as easy to say you know what I'm gonna pivot careers I know mm-hmm. I got my master's degree in, in this right but now I think I want to I think I want to do this now, you know, so it's like, we really have a lot of freedom now that we didn't have before to or the generations before us. I mean, um, Oh yeah. I think of the women who, uh, and I'm a huge women, women's liver. Ask my boys. I I get on the soapbox as often as possible (laughs) Um, because I I refuse to, to raise male chauvinistic. Um, And me too. I look at it and I go, you know, my mom, for instance, uh, raised us. She was a single mother. Um, she married young. She went straight from her parents' house to her husband's house, had children, and never went. To, well, she went to college but had to drop out of college, so she never finished her degree. Um, she went to night school and got an associate's degree. But by the time she left my dad, because he was an alcoholic and um, it was not a good living situation, she moved into an apartment and she had to work, you know, three retail jobs at a time mm-hmm. to get herself through, through night school so she could get an associate's degree. But even with that, you know, my mother was limited to what mm-hmm. she was able to do. Um, and she, she struggled. She struggled to find a workplace that was encouraging, that was not filled with male chauvinist pigs, that was not um, a place where she was harassed. Um, And I think we as our generation have a unique opportunity in the history of women to carve our own, our own niche. Um, And we're finally being respected for that in in new, new ways. So I say to the women out there who are, who are just getting into the workforce or considering reentering the workforce, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, And we have, we have generations before us to thank for that. And we can't forget that. So, and yeah. I, I don't want to soapbox about this, but when it's time to vote, vote, because yeah. women died for the opportunity that and that never got to do it. And women, you know, if you have an opportunity to to grab onto a career or to um, create your own path, 
do it because yes, so many women before us never got the opportunity. Do it for them. If not do it for, for them. Yes. Yeah. I, I too am so passionate about this, you know, and we spoke to, uh, to the idea of mommy guilt that, you know, back at the beginning of this episode, mm-hmm. but I really feel like we're still, there's still a, a good percentage of us out there. You know, we see on Instagram and Pinterest and, you know, and, and even Facebook that there are women out there creating and doing amazing things. But for some reason, many of us are sitting there going, you know, but I couldn't No, I couldn't possibly <laughs> do that. And even if I, even if I could figure it all out um, and, and do something uh, it would take time away from my family. So we get paralyzed by that whole idea of, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's all it, in my experience anyways, it's all just lies we're telling ourselves. It's just, it's yes. just false, um, false things that we tell ourselves to keep ourselves stuck. And, yeah. Yeah. and we don't, it, and like you said, I love that you said that about the people who fought for us, the suffragists and the people who, um, you know, the women who came before us, who fought for these rights to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. And now you see this just uprising of women that are, are, you know, standing strong in their field, in their marketplace, and they are, they're making it happen for themselves and for their families. And I just, it's, I'm passionate about it too. I really love, I really love, um, you know, that conversation in and of itself, because I mean, I, I, when I was getting my master's, uh, I had the opportunity one semester, I was taking a, um, a class on, um, I don't know, composition, and we were able to study women composers. And um, it was so eye-opening, Miranda, that mm-hmm. um, a lot of these women composers were um, not even able to publish their work because oh. they, they couldn't, they weren't mm-hmm. allowed. And I have a whole book right now uh, that I bought several years ago, I think right after I took that class, that it's all female composers. And many of them are wives or sisters um, to, uh, you know, the ones we know about, the, the right. big male composers we know about, like Franz Schubert, his, his wife, Clara, was an amazing, um, or no, Schumann, uh, his, <laughs> her, uh, I'm, I'm getting them mixed up, but Clara Schumann had amazing music that mm-hmm. uh, was just never really recognized because she was a woman. And so well, now yeah. we can celebrate them. We can celebrate the music that they have uh, composed, and but they couldn't do that back then. And I just love that, you know, now we can. Now we can. Absolutely. And, and we and we so, so often take it for granted. And I say also, you know, don't forget about the men who, who also supported that movement. I mean, yes. we tend to get all about the women and, and we should, we should definitely recognize that. But my husband and I just had a conversation the other day. We as women put more pressure on ourselves than we should, especially if you have mm-hmm. a spouse at home that is a supportive spouse or a father or a brother or somebody in your life that is supportive of you. Um, mm-hmm. Don't neglect that because my husband and I, I mean, I got all on him about, you know, I'm always taking the boys to school and always putting them to bed and da 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 da. And I feel like 95% of the work is on me. And he said, well, that's because you don't ask me. You don't tell me what you need. You don't tell me, I, I need you to pick up JT. I need you to take phone to dinner. I mean, you don't tell me those things. You take it all on yourself and you hold on to it like it's your own little territory. Yeah. That's our fault. Yeah. As women. And we yeah. do that. We, if you're like me, I mean, you make all the dentist appointments, you make all the doctor's appointments, you go to all the PTA meetings, you, you know, you do all of that. And you don't say to your husband, hey, you know what? There's this whole pie of life. <laughs> And I need you to take a few slices and here, here, here they are, pick one, one, you know, and we don't, we don't allow that. Um, So as women who are trying to make your way, I suggest, you know, assessing your support system around you and utilizing it, you know, delegate it because sometimes we don't do something. We don't take those, those steps to uh, find our trueness, you know, who we are as females, as women outside of being mothers, because we feel like all these other pieces will fall apart without us. Yes, absolutely. There are other people who can pick up those pieces in your life if you let them. Yeah. And it could be, you know, that your husband would love, like you said, to support you, but you, you haven't asked 
and he doesn't know exactly what it is you're trying to do and what you need. So I think it's yeah. really important to clarify that for ourselves. Like, what is it we're, we're trying to do? What would that mean? What would that look like in right. our lives if we did X, Y, Z? And how could we rally some troops around us to make sure that that happens while our kids still get fed and still get uh, uh put yeah. to bed and still have clothes to wear for the next day to school. I love this. Um, I don't know if you've ever read it, but she's actually a, an Austin author and speaker. She does a lot of events, uh, Renee Trudeau. And she has a book out that she came out with. Actually, it was around the time that I had my oldest Tate uh, called the mother's guide to self renewal. Hmm. And in that book, it's a, it's a really uh, great book. It's kind of more of a workbook. Um, and I remember it was my first sort of like coming of age, uh, when I yeah. really opened it up and was like, oh, it blew my mind. Now, some of it, I don't agree with everything she says. I mean, I really felt like for me, I had to dial it down a little bit. I had to go from one extreme to another. I, I know for myself, I was kind of a late bloomer and I had my kids late later in life. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of came from the standpoint of, I've already done everything I want to do. I've already, right. um, you know, I traveled the world, I sang, I, I, you know, have performed and taught and done all these things that, um, you know, more than I could have ever dreamed of. I got the degrees I wanted to get. And so when my, my first child came along, I was like, okay, I bought, I bought into it. I was like, you know what, I, this is, I'm just going to be a mom. Not that there's yeah. anything wrong with just being a mom. That's 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 more than enough, right? Right. But it was I kind of just put everything aside that I ever was. It was like yeah. I just changed, you know, within a flip of a switch, I changed identities, and I was now his mother. And there was nothing else in the world I wanted to do. And that right. lasted for a few months, and then mm -hmm. I started to feel like this longing, like, oh my gosh, where, who am I? Yes. And I remember opening up that book and she does talk about that whole idea of um, reclaiming who you are, you know, and, and who you are is going to be different than who you were before you had a child. Yes, it's going to change you. Yes, it's going to your going your life is going to have a, a, there's going to be the filter of I've got a child now I've got someone to take care of, but you're still you. You're still right. you with the same hardwiring and the things that you love to do and the things that um, make you who you are. And, and so, you'll be a different you five years from now. I mean, exactly. Uh, I'm a different mom than I was when I started out in the mom business 15 years mm -hmm. ago. Um, and, and another thing, we have to empower our children because if you if you just pour everything into your children, one day those children are going to leave the nest, hopefully. I mean, that's the whole idea. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Please don't let them live with you until they're 30. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm like, you know, I just really realized, you know, I have been enabling the neediness. And mm -hmm. uh, even with my 11 year old, I've had to say, look, I will either make your breakfast or your lunch, but you've got to pick one to make yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because the idea is that eventually you need to be on autopilot. You need to be doing these things for yourself. I don't need to be asking you every night. Did you brush your teeth? That has to be a given. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if we are so, if we as mothers don't allow our children to stand on their own, they will never stand on their own, you know? Right. Um, and then we will eventually resent their needing us so much because we do eventually want to live our own lives. We mm -hmm. want them to live their own lives. It's, it's the natural order of things. So I think as moms, um, we do tend to want to get in. Well, there are some of us that want to get into the mom mode and then we, get there and we go, wait, I'm losing my identity. Well, that's our yeah. own fault. Yeah. And we have to allow ourselves to reclaim either the new us or, or the old us and be allow, allow ourselves as we had spoken about before to evolve with the coming seasons. Um, yeah. And don't hang on so tightly the way things were five years ago or even three mm. years ago, because we are not the same people. We're not meant to be the same people and it's not a bad thing. Absolutely. It's not a bad thing. We, no. we have that we're supposed to be growing as they are supposed to be growing. And right. that's, that's the beauty of it. And I also think, you know, I think this for my sons, but I also really believe this for my daughter. She needs to see me 
living out my life in a way that, you know, self-preservation, I guess is what you want to call it, 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 in Mm -hmm. a way that, uh, you know, honors God and serves them and all of those things, but also that I'm doing things that I enjoy. It was funny when she left this morning to go to preschool, I normally get her ready every morning. And, um, you know, my husband helps out too, but, you know, she and I kind of are the ones back there in her room trying to pick out what she's going to wear and doing her hair and brushing her teeth. And this morning, and as with every Tuesday, when I do my podcast recordings, they air on Friday, but I record on Tuesday. um, I start right at nine o'clock and she doesn't actually leave the house until close to that time. So I know I usually have to kiss her goodbye uh, and, you know, let my husband take over so I can get ready for my recording. And it was funny this morning. And and I always kind of feel like that little tug of guilt, like, gosh, I'm not helping her get ready. Gosh, what kind of a mom am I? You know, (laughs) that monologue that goes on in your head, like, God, but it's one day, it's one day out of the week. And tomorrow she's with me all day on Wednesday. So it's like, um, I I can't allow myself to feel that way, but it was cute because she was getting ready to leave. And she goes, I said, have a good day, sweetie. I love you. And she goes, I, I, I'll pray for your recordings to go well, mommy, you know, and she said, have, have some good interviews. And it was just like, (laughs) I loved that she recognized that I was doing that because one day she might have her own podcast or write her own book or do her own thing that, um, you know, she's going to go, Oh, my mommy had to do this. And I, I, you know, she witnessed that I had to prepare for it and I had to do something for it. But I do find that there is a little bit of a balance. And I feel like that's a good way to wrap up this episode and talking about that balance, because I know for myself, like I said, I could go from one end of the pendulum to the Mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. And um, I know when I, you know, when I was a little off after I'd read this book that I'd mentioned, I was kind of starting to demand me time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and be like, I'm supposed to have time. <laughs> and, um, and that didn't work out that well either. And I, it was funny, a friend of mine right at that time uh, sent me a book suggestion and it was a God thing. Cause I don't know how she knew I needed this, but she sent me a book, book suggestion. It was an audio or it was a, you know, an ebook. It was called Loving the Little Years. And in this book, the mom is like, I don't know, she's got six or seven kids. And she talks about the fact that um, we can go too far with uh, this whole thing of demanding we have time and and taking time away from our kids. And so do you feel like that's the balance? I mean, if it were easy, right, we would all be. Well, I think that the question, we can put too much pressure on ourselves even that way. Um, yeah. Well, I didn't have any me time this week. Well, okay. You didn't uh-huh. have any me time this week. That's okay. It'll happen. Um, you know, kind of just letting the waters flow, like I said, but yeah, I think there's a balance. I think, um, and the balances change. I think as, as your children grow, as things, as things shift a little bit more towards they're becoming young adults, right? Mm-hmm. They're less demanding on you. Your focus also has to be on your relationships with friends, with husbands uh, with significant others, because as those children grow and leave, you don't want to be left there all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, wondering where did everybody go? I, I, I invested mm-hmm. all of this time and all of this energy into these little people and they just up and leave me. And now I'm left with nothing and you're a mm-hmm. shell of yourself. So mm-hmm. I believe wholeheartedly in the power of female friendships for women. Um, it, it is life changing. It is life giving. And I think Mm -hmm. that it's, it's represented time and time again in the Bible where women have come alongside other women going through difficult times. And I believe that's in there for a reason, because I think that God wants to remind us that female friendships are essential to the balance of the universe. (laughs) Um, and I, I highly recommend if women don't have those female friendships, it doesn't have to be like a whole 50, 50 member group, but you find people who will pour into you that you can pour into that are females that will understand you in ways that your partner won't, um, that your parents won't, that your Bible study won't. uh, And that will sustain you throughout all of these changes and help you with that balance. And I also Mm -hmm. say, take some time 
to focus on your relationship with your husband or significant other because you don't want to be sitting there staring at a stranger when your kids are out of the door. Um, yeah. And that happens faster than you think. I mean, even when they're teenagers, you know, my son is 15 now going on 16. He's here, there and yonder with other groups of people. And there are these large swaths of time that I don't see him um, until, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night because he has other things going on after school. And I'm, I mean, I found myself looking at Dan going, what do we do? Like, we don't have anything <laughs> going on, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and we're starting to realize that, you know, and we, we, we really try to invest in our marriage, but, you know, we have to realize that um, the balance is more than just work life. It's relationship balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that you should say, okay, every Wednesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, I have to have some me time or every night, you know, I have to have an hour of me time. I think that's too much pressure. I think yeah. though that you should say, you know, once a month, I should try to go out with my husband once a month. I should try to go out with friends and I should try Mm -hmm. to feed that part of myself because we are growing and changing all the time. And these things can inform those growth, uh, those, that growth and those changes. Ah, so good. Yes, absolutely. I mean, you're preaching to the choir right here because (laughs) I struggle the most, I think, but you know, I, I also, I'm trying to give myself grace to, um, you know, yes. I'm one of these people who I'm kind of a, a multi-passionate entrepreneur and I'm an introvert. Um, and so for me, you know, my it's it's overwhelming for me, um, social engage, engagements as much as I love to see mm-hmm. people um, and I love to spend time with my husband and I love to do things outside of, you know, being a mom and uh, the things I'm doing with my business. I feel like, ah. It's too much. Yes. I can't. I can't make time for it. Um, but but then you, when you, you do really it, really bring up a good point. When you do it, it's almost like you know they say, you know, everyone says. Well, everyone, a lot of people say, or I said for a long time, uh, I don't have time to work out. But when I do it, um, I all of a sudden I am more productive. I get things yeah. done quicker because my mind is in in a good spot. You know, I'm not. Right. I'm not trying. I'm not walking around in a fog because I was. I exercise. And it's the same thing with, I think, uh, spending time with people, like you said, who other women uh, who get you, who can feed life into, breathe life into you when you don't have any life to breathe into yourself. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, you know, for me also, it's just been um, life giving to have friends that point me back to God, you know, like, right. Amy, your, your thinking is off. You gotta, you gotta, give this to God. And here's what God's and ask word you the says hard questions. Yeah, yeah. And say, where are you going with this? What are you doing? You're, you're, you're making yeah. terrible decisions. Uh, yeah. I think um, it's really important because women do speak to each other differently than men, than your husband will, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really, really important. It's funny to me because um, years ago before kids, I was on the Dr. Phil show as a guest oh. and yeah, well, and my husband was mortified because the show was all about women who didn't know how to make female friends. And he was just like, oh, my gosh, you're going on national television. I remember you told yeah. me about this. Yes. yes. And, and, and the whole point was I did not know how to make female friends. And I had been in the pageant system and I had been, you know, I had I had been in the Miss America pageant system and I had done all of that and been surrounded by women my whole life. But as far as investing in female friendships is very difficult. Mm. I walked away from that show with one piece of advice that stuck with me. And Dr. Phil had said, if you want to be a good friend, if you, if you want to have good friends, you need to be a good friend. And I've heard it before. It's been said to me a thousand times, but it's for some reason, it just really, it just really penetrated me. So not, Mm -hmm. not long after that, I, I met some people and I have some fantastic female friendships. It's so funny to me though, because my son, my youngest son, the other day, he said, we're talking about friends. And he said, well, mom, it's easy for you. You have tons of friends. And it mm. cracked me up because I thought of that. And I was like, you know, how far have we come You know, when your, yes. your son can tell you how many friends you have? And it's not about how many it's, it's the, it's the quality of the relationship the quality, but it is, yeah. it is tough. And oh my gosh, I mean that, that right there, we need to have you back on because that's a whole other episode about totally about female friendships are they're tough. They're tough. They I mean, we, we, we need them. Our, it, it's, it's our lifeblood. We need to have them, but we need to carefully choose them. 
And I really feel like it's, it's something that we, for whatever reason, we struggle with the most. Yes. Yes. It's about time and it's about quality (laughs) and it's about balance. And it all comes back to that, you know, and, and as you change in your seasons and as you have to make these different life choices, like we discussed in this podcast, it does come down to having people in your life who can support you and sustain you through those challenging changes in your life Mm -hmm. and that can hold your hand when it is a little scary to shift. Um, And Mm -hmm. I would say that the one piece of advice I'd leave your, your listeners with is that sometimes it's okay to take a beat. Mm -hmm. We don't have to stop and make every decision in rapid fire motion. Sometimes it's okay to take a minute and really consider your options and make those options work for you. Absolutely. What a good note to leave off on because yes, we do. We need to allow ourselves that space Mm -hmm. to just be able to, to allow ourselves to think through and think outside the box. Yes. There are other options than maybe what we're doing right now. I love that, Miranda. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation today. And I love how, you know, and this is what I've found to be true in every case um, when I've done an interview, but I really felt like it happened today where I kind of have an idea of where it's going to go, but it goes <laughs> somewhere completely different. Absolutely. And, and for sure today, I feel like we could totally go in, in another direction as well on another episode and talk to that whole idea of friends because, man, um, that's something we, we really need to talk about. So we'll, we'll definitely do, do it. Miranda Bradley <laughs> we'll part do, two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely do that for sure. I love, I love where this took us, though, today. So good. So full of value. Um, for our guests. And I feel like, you know, it's also one of those where you and I can come away from it and, and also think about our day a little differently. Yes, absolutely. After this conversation, which goes to show we need more time to go have coffee (laughs) or wine. Absolutely. (laughs) Whenever you're ready, I'll make myself available. (laughs) Okay, girl. Well, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. I loved it. And if you want to reach if our listeners want to reach out to you and find you, where will they find you? If they can find me on my website, um, www.creativetx.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. So if you have any follow-ups and you want any more in, insight or have any questions about marketing and fundraising, give me a shout. Awesome. And I'll link that up in the show notes so people can also click on that and and get a hold of you too. I loved this talk today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to this podcast episode. It means so much for me. And please don't forget to leave a review. Till next time. Bye-bye.